Here in the United States alone, just for pre-diabetes, there are more than 88 million people estimated, adults. But what we're hearing more of lately is diabetes, especially type 2 in kids. That's the scary part. Welcome to Valley Health Check, a resource from Horizon Health where you can listen at your convenience online at mymixfm.com. When you log on, click the podcast page, then click on Valley Health Check. Today's episode is the third of a three-part series as we talk about diabetes. We encourage you to go back and check out the other episodes as well. As the first episodes, we talked about kids being diagnosed with uh, diabetes at a very young age. We talked about the possible complications that go along with that. And in our second episode, we talked a lot about food and when you are either pre-diabetic or diabetic it's very important what you put into your body and how to eat better now on our third episode you're getting ready to listen to we're going to be talking about more food but having to do with the kids and what kids should be eating and things to think about so they don't get to that stage of pre-diabetes and speaking of pre-diabetes we're going to talk about that and what you should do to maybe prevent that diagnosis and we have here aaron frank from horizon health that's uh, going to get us into it yep this morning we're talking about diabetes so So um, I brought with me Lisa Cornwell. She's a um, certified diabetes educator, and she is also the manager of our Center for Diabetes and Endocrinology at Horizon Health. Lisa, thanks for being here. Okay, so you've gotten this diagnosis of prediabetes. One of the things that I find confusing a little bit is the the tiers of care, right? So I didn't probably get this diagnosis from an endocrinologist. You know, I probably got this diagnosis from my family doctor. So what resources should I be engaging at this point? I mean, there are people like yourself, certified diabetes educators out there. There are endocrinologists out there. When do I need to be, be making a decision about staying with general primary care or, or moving on to some specialist care. So normally with prediabetes, your primary care provider can handle those patients. Um, you may be talking, they may be sending you to a dietitian. Good. They may be sending you to a certified diabetes educator like myself. Um, endocrinologists are usually more reserved for the more complex type 1 diabetic patients, the type 2 that just can't seem to get control no matter what primary care is providing to them. And then, of course, there's some other specialized, more complex cases. But normally, prediabetes can be handled by your primary care. Okay. Like I said, the referrals to the dietitian, the certified diabetes educator, they may start you on a medication mm-hmm. um, to try to help your body utilize and mobilize sugar like it's supposed to. So medication may be a factor in at this point, as well as the food and drink choices and getting lots of exercise. What are they going to say to me as a, as a pre-diabetic or, or somebody who is just, you know, the other thing I don't know that we fully talked about is the, just the risk, you know, that's, that's the bucket I fall into. I, I'm not pre-diabetic yet, but I have strong, strong family history of diabetes, both sides of my family. And so, you know, I carry that around. What what it, What is that, the very beginning, easy type stuff we can be doing? So one is identifying that you're at risk. Family history, being overweight, the older you get, um, sedentary lifestyle. So one is identifying the risk. Two is then talking to your provider about the risk to do the evaluation. Um, from there, making sure you're getting plenty of exercise. General guidelines is at least 30 minutes. Um, of exercise most days of the week. And there's a difference between activity and exercise. I was just going (laughs) to ask that. Define exercise, because I think exercise is a terrifying word. 
Yeah, it is. It is. When I hear the word exercise, I sweat a little bit, actually. I, yeah. It's almost daunting. I'm exercising right now. Oh, no. It, it sweat glands activated. That's right. So I get a lot of patients that say, I walk a lot at work, or I'm up moving around um, doing housework. I walked really fast to the refrigerator. That's right. That's not going to work. So activity is great. Getting up, moving around, using those muscles is great. Um, but exercise, to be really classified as exercise, is you've got to increase your heart rate. Okay. So that's that's where you cross the line into exercise. And you can do that is when you're Yeah, you just got to walk fast enough to get that yeah. heart rate up. Long and, enough. And, and long enough, keep it right. up long enough to, to do what all the benefits exercise has. Okay, so that's helpful. So my activity isn't going to count as exercise, but I don't have to, like, Get gym rat level. <laughs> Do a marathon. There's a happy medium in there that's not going to terrify me. Right. Okay, yes. good. Yes. Well, good. Now, now, here's kind of a basic everyday Joe kind of question. In order for someone to see a dietitian or someone like you, do they need to be referred to? Do they need to go to their primary doctor first? What is the recommendation there? Because I can envision someone listening to this going, I need to get this ball rolling. I think common sense is go to your doctor. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, that might be stuff that a lot of people don't know with the process. The lingo. I would always start with calling your provider first. Some insurance companies require a referral to see services like a dietitian or a certified diabetes educator. Some do not. So it's really individualized, but starting that conversation with your provider first is where to start. It's some of the easiest things that people, that block will stop them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we don't want to, to, to have that uh, speed bump. You know, we, we want everybody to have a healthier life. They, you know, and, and the mm-hmm. first thing they do is, of course, first thing you need to do is, is, is talk to the people in the know. That's yeah. right. Well, and I think one of the things that, that is sometimes a deterrent about preventative health is healthcare is expensive, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's hard to think if I, if I um, take advantage of some coverage on the front end, it's not going to, in the long run, be substantially cheaper. Right, right. But that's, it's hard to have that perspective. Um, certainly simple. Okay. Simple exercise clarity. I appreciate that. Now, now give me some super simple food clarity. Uh, maybe like the top three things that people perceive as healthy that aren't in in the diabetic arena. Mm-hmm. Um, one is milk. Milk is a good source of calcium. We've always, you know, grown up drinking strong milk. bones. That's right. Strong yeah. bones. It's good for you. Um, and it is good, but you have to do it in moderation. Um, the, the lactose in milk actually can, contains a lot of sugar in it when your body breaks it down. See, it's, that's surprising. Yeah. Milk is surprising mm-hmm. to me. It's actually on the list of what to do for a diabetic if their blood sugar goes low. Eight ounces of milk. Some milk. So we know it's going to be absorbed. <laughs> that explains itself right there, uh-huh. doesn't it? And rise blood sugar quickly. Uh-huh. So if you're going to have milk, you know, small glass... You know, in moderation, don't drink gallons of milk a day. Um, a little bit goes a long way. Okay. So does t- so does everything you're saying about milk translate in the whole dairy food group? Are like we cheeses, yogurts? Yeah. I mean, are we saying that is that true of all those things? So yogurt has carbohydrates in it, um, and that's what you got to look at. Look at a nutrition label. See what you the serving be a size is. Big time, right? uh, yes. How many grams of total carbohydrates is the line you want to look at? Yogurt's going to vary greatly. You know, kind, flavor, brand. Um, so always checking out those labels. Cheese doesn't have much um, carbohydrates in it, but it's going to be higher in fat. So just because it has 
um, doesn't have many carbs in it doesn't mean you can eat all you want because it's still going to have a lot of fat and calories. So really it comes down to just moderation, correct serving sizes. And doing your homework. And doing your homework, yeah. And real quick, we want to remind everybody, welcome to Valley Health Check. We're talking with Lisa Cornwell, certified diabetes educator and manager of Center for Diabetes and Endocrinology at Horizon Health. As a parent, you know, we're talking about this. Uh, as far as identifying it in your child, keeping an eye on their diet, what, what do you recommend there? As far as, I, I guess you just need to keep a bird's eye view on, on what, they're, what they're eating and what they're doing. But uh, what's the first step as a parent when you, you might have some questions regarding that with your kids? Yeah, the first thing I would look at is what are they drinking? Drinks contain a lot of carbohydrates and a lot, a lot of, of sugar. Love soda, don't they? Well, not only soda, but juice. Gatorades, yeah. fruit juice, yeah. milk. Sweet, aren't they? I, yeah. I feel like there needs to be some kind of private eye investigation on all the things that we think are that are marketed or we think are healthier. I mean, Gatorade is one that I immediately, as a parent, are like, "Oh, look, it's not pop," you know, and and right. and we're going to softball, so we need that we Gatorade. We have to get a whole and, cooler full of Gatorade, uh, you know. But you just talked about the milk, you know. Gatorade's another one that you feel granola bars. I feel like they an accomplished parent yeah. because we're not eating chips; we're having granola bars. And maybe those are better, but I feel like mm -hmm. there's a whole private eye type angle that has to happen here. To, to identify because, you know, okay, we're in the season and, and there's mm -hmm. seasons of, of sports with your kids. Which parents got to bring the snacks yeah. for mm -hmm. after the game? Well, you know, and school they, lunches, or school lunches, packing a lunch. Are, that stuff's mm -hmm. hard. That is hard. Um, so trying to find a lean protein source that your kids will eat, you know, chicken or fish without the breading. Um, try to avoid and a the lunchbox, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. That's for your evening <laughs> dinner. Dad gave me a trap for lunch. That's awesome. Yeah, that's not going to be good. Cold <laughs> in a lunchbox. Lunch <laughs> and then when they forget that lunchbox at school and bring it home oh, a week later, no. you're going to throw the lunchbox away. Okay, so not for school lunches, but <laughs> evening dinners. Um, well, it's probably easier for the parents to control the evening dinner. Yes. Right. And the food they're having before they leave the house. It's what happens. It's well, happens. And in times. theory, I always think, in theory, if I can make my kids eat that hot lunch yeah. you know it's so heavily regulated i'm yeah. not saying that hot lunches are perfect but i'm saying that as a country and as as education bodies i think that they do you know try really keep hard yeah. to keep those lunches balanced so you know i kind of say to myself if i can just talk them into eating hot lunch a heck of a lot easier and that's maybe going to check the more balanced lunch box for me it can't hurt yeah, so non-starchy vegetables. So putting the carrots, the broccoli, the cauliflower in the lunches or cook them, steam them, you know, and you broil them at night. You have to be creative as a parent to get those kind of worked into their diet. You, you do, know? but that's always a good option. So if you have little baggies of grab-and-go vegetables that you can put mm -hmm. a little bit of dip with. Instead that's of, usually the key, yeah. Instead of grabbing for that bag of chips when somebody yes. is starving, mm -hmm. that would be obviously a much better choice to have handy as opposed to the chips. And prep it. And prep, yes, when prep you, is When huge. you do buy the healthy stuff, prep it. Make it so that yep. it's ready to grab and go. Prep it good. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you bring it in the house, wash yeah. it, cut it up, put it in your have easy a plan. to grab have a game containers. Plan. Okay, so I'm in awe of the milk. Second thing. Second thing I would be surprised, or people are commonly surprised, isn't as healthy as we think. So it's not that it's not as healthy as we think, but fruits. Fruit is good for us. It contains lots of vitamins and minerals, yeah. but fruit contains natural sugars, 
which it translates into carbohydrates, which is going to get broke down to sugar in our body. And we talked a little bit about that in our in our last episode, mm-hmm. but that was probably one of the most surprising things. You're eating fruit, you're doing good, but yeah, some fruits like peaches and, and things like that are very sweet, but they're sweet for a reason. So people come in and they, they say, you know, I've been eating a lot of fruit. I don't know why my blood sugar is so high. Well, yeah, fruit's great, but if you're sitting down eating a huge popcorn bowl of fruit salad, that's probably overdoing it. And yeah. that can shoot blood sugars up. So fruit's good. Don't cut it out. But knowing what you're eating, how much you're eating. Moderation. Moderation and how many grams of carbs it contains. Um, Grapes, for example, has about a carb a grape. So we know how easy it is to to grab. I don't think I realized (laughs) that. I had 17 carbs last night. (laughs) It's easy to grab a handful of grapes and pop them in and keep doing that. But you're thinking, look, I'm eating grapes at a beach. I'm doing so good. Why am I dizzy? You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're doing grapes, put like 15 in a little baggie so that there's a stopping point. Portion? You got a portion Portion even control. That wow. Uh-huh. It's Smart. all about portion control and moderation. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Wow. Anything uh, else? The third thing I would say would be sugar-free products. Um, oh, just because something... Deceiving. Uh-huh. Very deceiving. Something, um, just because it says sugar-free, does not mean it's carbohydrate-free. Mm-hmm. And anything that has carbohydrates in it is going to get broke down into sugars when your body digests it. So I, you got to read labels. Sometimes the sugar-free option actually has more carbs in it than the original product. I heard someone say once, if they take the sugar out, how they put in the flavor back in, which I, I mean, I thought was a great point. That you is know? a great like, point. So, much, so often sugar is, is used to really increase the flavor on these food products. And if you take it out and it still tastes good. It changes good, the flavor. It, it, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you need to look at that label to see what other line item ticked up. Yeah. And if compensate. things are fat free, they take out the fat, they're putting more sugar in it. So comparing all the variations of a product and really looking to see which one is the best. You know, I, I used to get so irritated with my wife because she checks the labels on everything. That's awesome. And this was before I got the, you know, uh, you're pre-diabetic, Mr. Lambert. Um, <laughs> oh, what? There's no way. Uh, but now I don't get as irritated because she's checking everything and what we're putting into our body is better for us. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine if you're pre-diabetic or you're concerned that you are. Square one, call your doctor to start watching what you're putting in your body. And that would be reading labels and checking that out, right? Yep. And number three, start moving. Start moving start 30 moving. minutes a day. And that's not just standing up and going and sitting in another chair. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> While we're talking about food, um, the one thing I want to really stress on is there's no such thing as a diabetic food or diabetic diet. Um, it's really about watching the carbohydrates and a healthy lifestyle in general. Um, the lean proteins, the lots of non-starchy vegetables, a little bit of a fruit, a little bit of a grain. Um, watching the portion sizes, eating in moderation. Um, that's not only going to help blood sugar, but that's going to help blood pressure, high cholesterol levels. It all plays in together. Um, so I, people don't like the word diet. They don't stick sure. with it. Sure. So if you can get the mentality more of it's a healthy lifestyle, it's a lifestyle change, and wrap your head around that, they're going to be more successful to, to stick with it long term. And the benefits are overwhelming. Really, if you stick to this, not just we were talking, you know, diabetes, but we're it it could benefit you in many ways. 
Absolutely. It all plays in together. You've been listening to Valley Health Check. We want to thank Aaron and all the professionals at Horizon Health that stopped by and help us out. Now, we have a three-part series on diabetes. You're welcome to check out. Also, some segments on the emergency room as well. Check back often, mymixfm.com. Valley Health Check with Horizon Health.